This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a Premier League lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in, you Reds? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards, points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, electrical contractors, I'm Matt from ABB. Are rising costs and product delays keeping you up at night? We can help you contractor better. ABB's contractor resources are designed to help you increase productivity and profitability on your commercial construction projects. Check out Contractor Better today. Visit go.abb slash contractor better. It's a very warm welcome to the Reds Report. It's Barnsley FC's longest fan-owned um, podcast. I think we're in year seven or eight now, so quite some time. Um, probably one of the, um, maybe not, not not the most cheerful one today. Uh, with us, as always, should I say, Ian from the uh, Tides Walk. Ian, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Carlo? Um, well, it, uh, it turned out that uh, match day number 43 um, away at Huddersfield um, finally saw the the, the, or the final nail in the coffin and, and relegation were confirmed. So rather than looking at sort of individual matches, Ian, let, let's just have a, an open and frank discussion about <laughs> how, how we got here. So um, is, is it... There's, there's lots of fans with lots of different opinions. I'll give you my opinion. Let's see what you think. I don't think it's necessarily, you know, um, the players or the owners or, or the managers. I think there is a bit of a mix. I think the players, some of them, for whatever reason, have underperformed. Um, yeah. We have players that we saw last season that we thought, wow. And this season we looked and they, they can't string a pass together. I think the appointments of head coaches has been very, very poor. Neither of them any impact, really. Um, yep. since since they were appointed. And obviously, you know, the, the summer transfer window was very, very poorly used with three signings in Benson that we haven't seen for quite some time, Olari, who's gone back to Belgium, and Iseka, who um, is a sub at best um, these days. So let's look at the, the, the three points uh, initially. First of all, the summer transfer season, Ian. We know DK had left, Mowat had left, and Valerius Mel had left. Shop gets announced as a new manager. Besides, uh, you know, signing Benson and the two Belgians, did you think we needed strengthening anywhere else? Uh, well, clearly the Benson 
situation didn't work. I can see why they were trying. They're thinking Premier League standard, um, ideal fit, like for like for Mowat, but it clearly didn't work. Um, initially, at first, I saw glimpses of him and I thought, mm, you know, he can ping a ball about. Yeah, this is all right. But he's had that much injury and illness. And to be fair, it's it's not worked and the jury's still out on him. Um, well, they've got two decent keepers, haven't they? So they're fine there. Centre-halves, they've got cover. The main two, Anderson and Hellick, were fine. Um, Moon and Kitchen have had indifferent seasons, to be fair. Yeah. But they've got strength and depth in that department. Um, and then you'd look at what happened last season with Styles and Britain, and you think, yeah, on the flanks, we're, we're doing all right. Uh, got Gomez in, uh, Benson in. Oh, yeah, that's okay. And then up front... Vita as well came in. Vita as well, yes. Um, so you could kind of say... Most areas were covered when you think of Morris um, and Woodrow. And then you got Devante Cole in, and then you still had Victor Adebayo uh, in the wings. So you probably think it's like in certain positions we've got two or four players for those positions. Okay. So you could probably say overall not too bad. And there were times in the season when they had a fully fit squad. The acid test is when you look at the bench, isn't it? Yeah, you look at your first 11 and everybody comments on it when they when it comes out an hour before kickoff. But you look at the bench and at times in the season, not often, but at times you looked and went, there are options. There's two or three good options there across, across the squad. But that's been very few and far between. And recently it has looked very, very bare. Yeah. Um, so initially, going back to your question, I think they probably, we had strength in, I say strength in depth. Some people probably shoot me down for that, but I think we had options that if somebody got an injury, somebody could come in in most positions. So yeah. set up, not too bad. Unfortunately, those transfers haven't kicked on, have they? No, no. Um, what about the uh, early on in the season, Marcus Shop is appointed as head coach. Um, what about his approach to games? I mean, I remember early on in the season, we, we played Coventry at home, a bit of a scrappy match, but, you know, we, we, we scraped a win. It was our first home match of the season, I believe, wasn't it? So you think, oh, you know, we've got something here. But it it it, it soon became apparent that the style that got us up to fifth place last season under a different head coach had been abolished um, by mm -hmm. all means from what we know by request of the board. They wanted a different playing style. How would you... How would you surmise sort of Marcus Shop's playing style or that he wanted to install in the squad? From very early on, he wanted us to play out from the back. He wanted a sweeper-keeper. He wanted this Man City-Barcelona style where you build from the back. So Collins, uh, be comfortable with it on his, his feet, play it out to your centre-half and we build from the back. The problem very early on with that was we can't play like that. We haven't got the players of that quality to, uh, I remember Birmingham at home uh, and at the time we were a very good Birmingham and we drew one all and, and we were lucky really. Um, they were flying at the time and I remember their forward line were pressing us like mad and we just couldn't cope with it and then the Pontien got nervous and he was like, just kick it, just go upfield or go to the wings. So he, he wanted to build from the back but we clearly didn't have the players for it. Um I also had to that QPR away game and for about 45, 50 minutes, some of the best football I've seen for a while, they, they played QPR off the park. So much so that Mark Warburton had to make two subs after half an hour and change his formation. But then we were kind of, the whole squad were blowing out the backsides and after 60, 65 minutes and we got 
we got we got done at the end, didn't we? So I think he wanted to play this progress, this new style of football, which was clearly in line with what the board wanted, but we just don't have the players for it. Do not have the players to be able to play out from the back and be comfortable to have the ball and two strikers bearing down on you quick and be able to play it out. Yeah. Um, so I think he tried to change it too much too quick. Yeah. Um, you, you talked, obviously, last season we were helped by the five subs rule. And yeah. because on the high pressing, that high energy game we had, um, Villain Ismail used it very wisely with, you know, two substitutions and sometimes another two or sometimes three or five at once. Um, but much has been made about the players didn't seem as fit as, as maybe no. what they were on, on the Villain Ismail. Is that something that you look at maybe like in training or preparation or is that something to do with maybe the, the style they played? Did that? Because I would have thought, being a non-player, that that high intensity game would, would drain you faster than mm. playing out from the back almost. So is that is that would you say that's maybe the preparation or are there different fitness coach approaching things differently? It, it could well be because did we not lose a fitness coach or something when when quite a few left? I'm not sure if we lost we left we, we lost, lost somebody in the summer. Um it could be just style of fitness that whatever Ishmael and his team were doing for the players. Uh, and maybe food and nutrition and the way they trained meant that they had those energy levels for 70 minutes, 80 minutes, and then they could make the subs. And then we get somebody in with a different way of playing and suddenly they're burning out after 60 minutes. Well, what the science is behind it, I don't know. But yeah, we had pretty much the same players could go 90 plus minutes last season and this season, certainly early on, were struggling to to do sixty minutes, and then yeah. they were they were gone. And um, results didn't pick up, and um, you know before uh, before Christmas, the um, um, shop got the chop, <laughs> and <laughs> Poyeras Bargi got it too late. Poyeras <laughs> <laughs> Bargi was appointed. Now Poyeras Bargi was linked with the club previously, um, and and he had some success in Sweden with was it Gothenburg and and the Swedish under twenty ones. I believe that he uh, that he did. Um, you have to give a head coach time to gel with the team, and obviously, you know, we, we were we were already rock bottom, so we, you know, we needed results to turn around, and we needed to turn around quickly, didn't we? That never really sort of came. Um, if you look back over Poyeras Bagi's reign as head coach, how did his style differ from Shops? Did you see a change in style, or um, was was there a style? I, I almost feel like asking sometimes. I'll be brutally honest, I don't see what the club saw in him for him to go after him twice. Um, he admits himself that he didn't know the players and he didn't know the league, which if that if the board are not listening to that in the new appointment, then there's something seriously wrong. Um, it took him far too long to work out his best 11 and his formation. And he said, I remember his quotes back in, I think, January. And he said he was, I think like we played West Brom before Christmas and we looked really defensive and we got a nil-nil at home. And he and, and, and he said, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with the balance between keeping clean sheets and keeping us tight, but then hurting teams at the other end. Mm. And I would say he never actually cracked that because yeah. we were still shipping goals and not scoring enough. So I, I would I would say, even when we had that little mini run, uh, March, February, March, 
I never really saw a, fo- a, a style of football. I still, if somebody said, um, my club's getting players baggy next next season, uh, what's he like? What What's his team play like? I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Yeah. Really wouldn't Do- be able to tell you. How much of the you? How much of that though do you think is down to the fact that he came in mid-season and obviously the players were not shop or the club's players, whoever whoever chooses them, and 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 confidence was also all all time low. Bearing in mind, you know, we were in a league with Derby and Reading, who were both, especially Derby, deducted quite a few points. Um, do you think he had to deal with the aftermath of that shop period that was just utterly disastrous? Did that have an impact on it? Do you think, or did he just not show enough as a as a I had coach in his own right to, to turn that ship round. See, for me, this is again where I don't have the sympathy because you look at Paul Ince, he took over a team that was absolutely bombing in Reading and he's got them playing. You look at Ryan Lowe, Preston were absolutely drifting and he's turned them around. Yes, don't get me wrong, they, they, he steadied the ship and he turned around and he, and he got some wins. You look at what Cooper's done at Forest, you look at what Heckingbottom's done at Sheffield United. Um, the list goes on that these, these managers come in and there is that instant manager bounce. He didn't win his first match, at, uh, I think, in the first 11, 12 games. Mm. So you think, oh, there's a bit of sympathy there. But no, because other managers go into an absolute, um, don't want to swear, but you know, go into a really yeah. crap situation, yeah. but manage to kind of resurrect it, you know, whether, whether they're as big as Allardyce or Warnock, but even managers... Um, right throughout the leagues. I look at League Two. Um, um, Bill Brown's gone into Barrow and suddenly gone and they suddenly started winning and they stayed up. Um, so all these managers can do it except as Baggy. Yeah. And and it, it, I felt um, for both of them, to be fair, that especially on match days, they, they just came over as very resigned, calm. Yes. Um, that they didn't feel it, it never felt like they were coaching from the sidelines. Maybe if a decision went against us, the arm went up, but I, I never saw that you know, clicking your fingers and coming over here and swap. And it, it just felt like when it came to three o'clock on a Saturday, just get on with it. And, yeah. and, and sometimes a little notebook came out, didn't it? But it, it just felt would, like would you say, like... I think, and would you would you agree that the actual pl- the the team played? in the same vein of what the manager looked like on the touchline, which was flat. Yeah, 100%. And don't forget, early on in the season, was it Callum Britton in one of the interviews saying, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, when, when we get the ball near the front, we feel like, basically saying they're not training or they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. What they're what they doing every, every day in training. I mean, surely after a couple of weeks, you'd have you'd have made that that authority, that stamp on, on, this is how I want you to play. Yes, you'll perfect it over the weeks, but to be three months in, and or saying we shop, to be two or three months in, and the players are turning around saying, we don't know actually know what, we, what, what, what we're supposed to be doing when we get in these areas. That's alarming. And and it is, isn't it? And, and, and when, listen, as you know, Barnsley Football Club is a fantastic club, and... Mm-hmm. They, they've got some fantastic staff that have not, nothing to do with the squad yeah, or the training yeah. or, you know, and, and everybody must be hurting because it just felt at times that the basics were just missing. Yeah. You know, the basics of getting to know your best first 11, getting to know what motivates each and every one of these players, because, you know, some need an arm around them, some need to kick up the rear side, don't they? And yeah. um, that didn't work with shop and, and shop went gone. As Bargy comes in, he, he looks a different type of manager, it just 
I thought that after his first of the 10, 11 games, he'd aged 10, 15 years when you saw him in, in job interviews. And then it, it appeared that he's done an interview since he left, that he did an interview in, he was asked in March, he had a meeting with the board and he said, whatever league we'll be in, he, he, wouldn't, he, he no longer would be head coach of Barnsley. And then you have to wonder, so when did that dedication, because... If 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 I'm talking to my boss and I'm saying, well, you know, when this contract's finished, I'll no longer be working here. You know, it's, it's back a little bit, don't you? And you know, and, and I'm not saying that's what he did, but it, it worries you that he'd already yeah. made that decision. Mm. Um, let's go back on his reign. January comes, and it's the board's opportunity to to get some, you know, well-needed reinforcements in. Um, mm. Very very late in the transfer window. Um, Bassi and uh, Kina joined the club. Um, yeah. Things started looking up a little bit, didn't they? One, 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 once they were uh, through yeah. the door. They did make, make a, a bit of an instant impact. So I'll say two things on the January transfer window. And I wrote about it at the time. They didn't spend any money. And that, to me, spoke volumes that the board were realising it'll be League One next season and we'll keep our budget for the summer. We'll not spend it now and tie people up into contracts and then they might want to they might have a clause where they can leave if they get relegated and stuff. I know Khaled has come out and said, Oh, we tried and we didn't quite get them and we're gonna go for those same players in the summer. Well, we'll see if that actually pans out. So they didn't spend a penny when they could have there were players out there that they could have got. Um and I know it didn't quite work out, and we mentioned it before with default, didn't work out suddenly, but that type of player who was bobbing around going for free get you on a six-month contract, get two or three of those experienced players in through the spine of the team, might have made a difference, might have made a difference. Um, and the other one was that the board turned around and ripped up their own um, data-driven policy and actually just, and, and, and all this policy around, oh, we don't uh, progress other clubs' players, so we don't go in the loan market. Suddenly, we've got a couple of loanees so they've actually contradicted what they said they don't, you know, what they do. Um, but the, to be fair to the players, they did make an impact. Keener has tailed off somewhat in the last couple of games. He's become very frustrating as he wants to kind of tech on every single player and not mega man and stuff. But generally, yeah, they did. Those first couple of weeks, they made a difference. And in when that run came, we had a really good front four of Morris, Bassey, Queener with Styles. And like I think back to the QPR game at home, Middlesbrough game at home, it it did click for a for a month or so. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's strange, isn't it, that when when you look at um, the money they have spent, the board, I reckon the biggest two amounts have been the compensation paid to bring Shop into the club and Asbagi into the club, um, <laughs> and 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 the biggest profit we've probably made is on Gerhard Struber and Valerian Ismail yeah. on the pitch. Um, yeah, you talked about the, the, the um, you know, very much the stats-based approach to, you know, head coach selection, to, to, to player selection. Um, you know, well, um, well-known fact now that uh, Paul Conway, that the Belgians who signed outside of this sort of spreadsheet, I don't know if it was a hunch or, you know, another club. We are where we are. Um, it's been a season to forget for for many, 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 many reasons. And now we're already starting to look ahead at League One. The summer period is going to be really, 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 really important, isn't it? Because yeah. 
surely somebody needs to take ownership of the mistakes and say, yeah. we have to make sure this doesn't happen again. We need a head coach. Dare I say we need an English head coach that might have worked in this, or at least somebody who's managed in this league before. Now, the club will say, well, Ismail didn't. And so, although Ismail did play in England, but Struber didn't and, and Stendhal didn't. <clears throat> and in the game of chess, we can then say, ah, but look what happens with Shop. And, and look, you know, so it, I suppose yeah. out, of five, out of five managers, three did really well, two not so well, but still it's, it's a danger, isn't it? And yeah. same with the players that were signed. Um, how quickly do Barnsley need to bring a head coach in or is Matthew Devaney the one for the job? Well, firstly, the, their managerial appointments have been hit and miss. That's fair to say. I'm not saying it's been a completely disaster because under Stendhal in League One, we played some good football, got straight up, got 91 points. Struber certainly reignited the side. Um, and obviously Ismail did what, what he did. <clears throat> Khalid, by his own words, said, we've worked out that Barnsley always start the seasons slowly and we need, we need to understand why. Well, clearly you need to start your managerial um, recruitment now. And that's why initially after the Huddersfield game, the journalists had been briefed that Poyer would stay for the remaining games, which obviously then something changed over the weekend and he got he, he left. And I was thinking, well, why, if you're talking about with slow starters, why are you keeping that man in charge yeah. for another couple of weeks, get on with the job? Um, so they do... They, they need a manager who knows that league, who knows those knows players in that league. They know, as an example, you get somebody in, and I'm not advocating anybody, but you could say a Holloway or Warnock, anybody who knows that league and can pick up the phone and can ring four or five players who are probably journeymen who've, who've, who've they've been at loads of clubs with them and they know and they're tried and tested and go, look, Give us a year or two at Barnsley. Fancy coming joining me and playing for Barnsley. Let's get let's get promotion. And you could you could quickly it could work very quickly, couldn't you? And you could get your transfer business done very quickly and get your pre-season in, in and hit the ground running in August. Yeah. Whether that will happen, we'll we'll have to wait to see, won't we? We could be we could be first of September or whenever the transfer window shuts and yeah. still be suddenly signing. Is Devaney the man? I don't know isn't the honest answer. I, I don't think you can judge him off one match and you certainly can't judge him off, off last night. Um, I, I would go experience in that league. It's um, it's interesting what you mentioned about the, the, the you mentioned like, like you know, a Warnock or we're not saying it, it needs to be that person. No, no. Store, but somebody, somebody yes. yeah, exactly. And, and let's not forget, Ben Mansford was at the match last night Um and he's sort of had the last laugh, hasn't he? Because Blackpool mm. hasn't got a big budget. No. Blackpool came up from League One and they've had a fantastic, absolutely fantastic season. 16th, yeah. I think they are. They might have climbed a couple yesterday. And we played Huddersfield on Friday. Most of that squad were free transfers. Mm. You know, the, the, the Huddersfield squad. Some a little bit older, but it brings that balance. Yes. The board, the board needs to look at the arrival of Michael Solbauer and what that, you know. Yeah. I dare say that Helic and Anderson became better players because they were playing with Solbauer. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. You know, somebody was there just to sort of, and, and, and when we talk about a leader on the pitch, I know we've got a captain and Woodrow's back and if he's not there, then it's, 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 um, it's Mads Anderson. Both, to me, really, really good players. 
not necessarily leaders. And I think no. when you talk about a leader, that's somebody with a wealth of experience they can call upon when suddenly you go down or a teammate is injured and tactically you need to make changes. And I think it, we've been lacking leadership oh, with a lack on the pitch. On the pitch. Yeah, massively. Um, I've said before, when you look at the squad that went down um, and Stendhal took over, the club kept the spine of the team which was Adam Davis in goal, Pinnock and Lindsay at the back. You had McGeehan and Mowat. Jacob Brown was on the wing, but then you had uh, Kiefer Moore and Woodrow up front. The spine of that team, then you throw in a Ben Williams or, or a Jordan Williams, whoever. But the spine of the team was there. I don't know what our spine of our team is going to look like come August. Um, and it's, it's, it, it's on a knife edge. Where we are now is, on, and you look at, you're right to say Blackpool, absolutely spot on. I tweeted a Blackpool fan today and said, because um, I think Steve was like commenting how good their fans were last night. And I said, well, they were brilliant at Bloomfield Road in, in September. They were so noisy. Um, I remember going in 2018 when we went there and they were staying away because Oyston was in charge. Yeah. And I think some places, most games, there's more away fans than home fans. And look at it now, how it's come through. And I think fair play. The budget's probably similar to ours. You look at Luton's another classic example. You look at Coventry. Uh, I, think, I know Doug O'Kane's mentioned it several times about how uh, Luton have managed to get a bit of experience and youth. They've had horrendous injuries this season and still managed to perform. You get the right man in. With the right group of players, you can turn it around. Um, but the board are going, it's absolutely, they've been here four and a half years now and it is on a knife edge. If they get it right, we could be talking in six, 12 months time, completely different, bit more positive. We're heading back to the championship. Yeah. And you say, fair enough, I'll hold my hands up, praise where it's due, or it could go horribly wrong and they get the wrong man in and they have a poor transfer summer. And we could be looking at, losing at home on a Tuesday night to Exeter City and being 14th in the league and having about 7,000 at Oakwell. Yeah. A couple more points, Ian. Um, you've got a spot on, it's on a knife edge. The worrying signs and the dark clouds that people talk about is the fact that the other clubs they've got stakes in are not performing very well either. You know, when Barnsley got promoted, and another one of their sides got promoted, Nancy, I think, got, got relegated. Sorry, when Barnsley got relegated, another one of their clubs got yes, relegated. Non, non, yeah, Nancy. Asbjerg are on their fourth head coach of the season. One of them that's now gone saying that the board are in interfering in which players he should play and gone off with stress. Sounds familiar, this. Well, yeah. So let's face it, we've had we're on with caretakers, we're on our fourth manager. Yeah. Yeah. This season. And and, and that's a worrying sign, isn't it? Because yeah. They've made their millions and billions in business, whether that be property, whether that be leisure, whether that be marketing, whatever that may be. Yeah, that doesn't make them football managers, does it? And, no. and when you buy a club and you are the owner of the club, I, I get I remember Patrick Crine having a meeting with Lee Johnson and saying, You need to stop, excuse my friend, pissing about with these different formations. We mm. need to play 4 4 2 with two wingers down the side. Fans identify with that, and we've got the players to do it. Yeah, Adam, I'm, you know, so and. I think the worrying thing for the fans is, well, it is for me that it just feel, and I said it in one of the interviews at Little Look North, that it just feels like we're getting choked of our identity. Like these people have come in, they have no knowledge about football. I don't think any of them, and I know they come with a the scarf and it's great that they bought the club, 
But when it comes to knowledge of football and the rules and everything else, you know, that I'm sure they'll get up to speed. But when they get involved in the uh, decision-making process around who starts at centre-back, who plays in midfield, it's a losing battle for the fans, is it? Because as yeah. fans, we can say, why is he playing? Why, why is they not getting a go? Mm -hmm. um, we saw Will Hundemark play yesterday. You know, when we'd seen him before, he was like, oh, only flashes, but it was positive, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? And yeah. then the training him up or the, the, in a new position or, or whatever. I don't know what the fascination is. I, I don't know what the fascination is. And and if we were really short in that department and you wanted to use him as an emergency defender, I get that completely. Mm. But, you know, Kitchen, Vita, Britton, Halleck, Anderson, Moon. I mean, we, we're all right. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know why they need it. So... I worry that they're interfering, I don't want to call it, but they're meddling into what should be a football man's decision-making process. Yes. It's part of where we are, where we are at the moment. Yes. You look and you think they are repeating their mistakes at all the clubs. That's what it looks like. And and you you listen or you, you see stuff coming out of france and you think they're doing ex they're mirroring exactly the same and they've got the same results surely you know the definition of insanity as we say you know doing the same thing and expecting a different result yeah. you want an identity you want to you want to go to the match you know we're not going to win every game but you want to see a bit of passion you want to see a bit of football a bit of entertainment and go away going it was a good game that enjoyed that yeah we didn't we didn't get the right result but that was good performance i can see some shoots of recovery i can see this is positive that's positive we've not had anything it's flatlined all season and it's and it's been hard it's been a really tough season to 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 drag yourself to go um but yeah that's the worrying is that they seem to be making the same mistakes at all these other clubs and they're not learning from it yeah um yesterday you know, the last 15, 20 minutes, I, I was in the West End with the commentary bit. I looked over to the Pomty end and a um, bit of a shock, to be fair, how many people have gone. There weren't that many there. I know they announced 12,000 because of the season ticket holders. It was very clear that, you know, that yeah. they weren't all there. I say, and that's fine because that's how they do it. It's, it's not a problem. It is that time of year again when fans are asked to, if they want, um, spend 300 whatever pound it is, wherever you sit, on, on a season ticket. Now... The, the the divide between the the club and and the fans seems to have got a little bit wider again not because of the results but maybe more in the manner of two head coaches that have left and and that bit of of, of disarray i'm not calling anybody out for buying a season ticket or not buying a season ticket because you know what we're all adults and and we'll make our own decisions and we'll have our yeah. own reason for it and i get the people that say i'm staying away and i understand the people that say I want to support the club and I want to support the yeah. players. To me, there is no, there is no right or wrong. What in your eyes should, because when we talk about the club, we know when things are not going well that Mr. Conway and and and, and all the other ones are not often there. So, um, Khaled is is there as the CEO. What in your eyes needs or does the club or does Khaled or whoever need to do to try and get the fans? Because if anything with a shortfall in television revenue you know some of the key players that will leave to make up that shortfall they need the season ticket to, to, 
bring money back into the club. What do you think the club could or should be doing to try and mend that sort of relationship or that, you know, that break or that breakdown in the relationship between the fans and the club? I think ultimately it comes down to communication. And and I think again, Khalid got the wrong end of the stick. I saw I saw um, an article in the Yorkshire Post where he was criticising being called out for saying that uh, they don't communicate enough. And he and he went on and said, "Well, you see other clubs like Man City and some others that you don't see their owners talk, you know, coming out." He got the point all wrong. When things are running smoothly at a football club, supporters are not that bothered. They don't want it. Last season when we were going we were in fifth, were we really asking for Conway then? It's the, what happens on the pitch ultimately transfers then ripples into the stands and how everybody feels. And if we're performing on the pitch, everything's relatively rosy in the garden. But communication is key. When things are going well, fans don't need that reassurance. Fans don't need, don't particularly need to hear anything. But when things are not going well, fans need answers and even you know, or, or explanations to what you're doing behind the scenes. So explain about um if you can about your transfer policy or what your plans are. i know you can't always give too much away because you're trying to sign players and you keep it quiet and i accept some of that but when things are not going well you need to communicate and when things are going well you don't need to communicate as much dane murphy said it in an interview way back when he apologized that the communication hadn't been good at his term and it's they're still making the same mistakes now Come out front up and, and work with the supporters. Don't agitate them anymore. I I have to say, a hundred percent, hundred percent agree with you. I read the article and I, I we tweeted from the Reading Report account saying we don't want to see it on the board. You know, we don't want to vote. We don't want to know which players we're signing. No. What we as fans want to know is when you look back on this season and you think of everything that's gone wrong and you're thinking about players that were signed, coaches that were signed. Who is going to come out and say, we've had a look at it and we, we've realised something needs to change. Mm-hmm. We know we're not the only club with this issue. There's a few. So I, I, I don't want to sit next to him. I don't want to sit next to Paul Conway at the next business meeting. What I would want to say is, is somebody going to come and say, we, we're going to make a change in the way we approach transfers or, you know, the age limit. And, 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 and let's be perfectly honest. I get not all clubs do this. But we're not a city with millions of people where the club is one of many. With it a relatively, dare I say, small town in Yorkshire where people are used to hard graft and all honesty. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, these people call themselves, um, you know, the, 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 what do you call the stewards of, of, of our club, aren't they? It's our yeah. money, you know. Next week, when I go to hand over my 300 and something pounds for a season ticket, ultimately, I'm trusting, probably not so much Khaled in fairness, I'm trusting Paul Mm -hmm. Conway and those people on the board to invest that money wisely. And that should go towards, more towards a Valerian Ismail than a Marcus Shop or a Poyer's Bargy. And and mistakes have been made. And those mistakes have cost us seven million pounds because mm. that's the, the difference in television revenue. So I think when, when fans get it wrong or they misbehave or, or something, the, the club will always hold them to to, to to point of saying, you know, we can't have this and we can't have that. It just seemed when 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 people high up in the club are making decisions that don't work out, 
they almost become anonymous, don't they? You know, yeah. Paul Conway is in the fan zone when we're doing great and everything is back and look at us and yo, Yorkshire. And <laughs> and when when we can't strip two passes together yeah. and, um, you know, we've got... Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. And, and in one of the interviews, they mentioned that uh, non-C is going to be more of a, uh, a focus for the consortium. And as a Barnsley fan, that's that's not what you want to hear, is it? No. Because no. my team should be the priority. And I get when you're all seven. And I get Callot saying that's why he's in charge. But mm-hmm. Callot wasn't... I don't think Callot is part of the decision-making process that brought Marcus Schupp. Well, he won't because, you know, Marcus Schupp to the club or, yeah. or, or Poyer as Bargy. And I think just open and honest because that's when you get the best out of your fans. That's when yeah. they'll turn up in their thousands... That's it. And even if even if they tell us something we don't particularly want to hear, at least come out and say, this is our plan for the next two months, three months, six months, yeah. and um, judge us on that. Come yeah. out and, and, and give us something that we can work with or we can hold on to. I, I, I look at, I, look, I liken it to like Oldham Athletic and their, their owners that have come in and the fans you know going on the pitch they've had all sorts of demonstrations because again it's been poor communication yes again they've been getting relegated and, and poor off the pitch but again the fans have looked to their owners and said what's going on you know what's happening and they've and they've just been so standoffish not even been in the country and you just create this negative force between the two yeah. instead of coming out and saying we've had a bad season this that and the other but um these, this is our plan. This is our plan for the next 12 months. At least don't shy away and run away. Let's try and work together and give us something to just come out and tell us. And you know um, what? And, and, and you don't have to stand in the centre circle at Oakwell before a three o'clock kickoff against Preston to do that. You've got yeah. the details of everybody that had a season ticket or has bought a ticket to come to a match this season. And when you send letters out for the renewals, just enclose a letter and say, you know, mm. At certain times this season, we got it wrong, and yeah. and we're going to do our damn hardest to make sure this 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 doesn't happen again. And yeah. it it just feels that those and when I say cheap opportunity, I don't mean cheap as in but that no. easy easy fixes I mean, on there. There's easy wins with 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 supporters, isn't it? That they can come and it's doing more regular Q and A's. It's it's like say doing the personal touch. Um, it's it's being open and honest with fans. Yeah. Um, because you look at. The issue with the West Stand. There's, there's so many things that just seem to contradict over the season that you suddenly don't believe these people. And, no. and let's just uh, let's be a bit more transparent and just just tell tell the paying public. And what? Yeah. You know. Yeah, and and you know, I I still think that when you have a group of owners, and on a separate note, they are taking each other to court. Yeah. That don't make for a happy place. You know, no, we've not addressed all the mm-hmm. stuff that I've left and everything else. But it it yeah. it's when you look from the outside in, you sort of think, no wonder it's all gone wrong. You know, Marcus mm. Shop in his next job might do really, really well. Maybe, you know, his hand was one hand behind his back because the board wants him to use that player or that player to yeah. increase value. Or you know, I, I, I don't know. But it, it but you've got a point for now. a happy place. But you've got now, Carlo, haven't you, where fans, I'm not saying they're physically turning on each other, but but a, a little bit on social media, and you alluded to it really, you know, some people are saying I'm not going to buy, that's their prerogative, some people are saying I'm going to buy, and, you know, and a lot of it, football, following a football team is like religion, you just do it every year, you go every year, don't you? Yeah. And, but they've, it's created this 
um, where fans are almost turning on each other and it's becoming toxic in the stands. Not not literally fist hands and all that kind of stuff, but just kind of people's views that um, because of poor communication, because of plus obviously what's been happening on the pitch, fans are suddenly almost turning on each other. And um, it, it just doesn't, it, it shouldn't be like that, should it? You know, it, people, so many people have come up to me and said, what's happened to Barnsley this season? What are you doing down there? And what, what's happening and stuff? And you could say to them, well, I won't give you a go, because it's not just because Ismail's gone. You know, it, it goes much deeper than that. Um, yeah. Much deeper than that. And I'm like, how long have you got for me to tell you? Because they don't, obviously don't hear it, on, because Barnsley isn't often on a national scale, so people don't hear. They just see the league table and they see the results on a Saturday at five o'clock and go, oh, the hell, Barnsley's lost again. But, you know, how long have you got? It go, it runs much deeper than, yeah, we, we lost our manager and we chose a, a, um, a poor, poor replacement. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? If that was the only problem, that's easily solved, isn't it? Because yeah, yeah. another manager in, and how many we've seen it where at Christmas we were at the bottom of the table, and then suddenly, um, and yeah, and it's 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 strange that nearly five years after them taking over, one of the aims was to have us um, as a solid championship team, and on the fifth anniversary of the takeover. Hmm. Um, we, we were going down again to League One and probably in a worse situation when they took over because at least we had a settled squad. Jose Moraes yeah. left, Stendhal came in and the, you talked about the spine, the spine was there. Yeah. Um, we've had some performances that maybe lacked a, you know, a spine as in like a settled and the experience yeah. and everything else. Um, Ian, listen, we could probably carry on till next week couldn't we um thank you very much for all your contributions um over this over this past season um always 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 enjoy uh reading your blogs and your vlogs on on the tykes blog on twitter so please please check it out and and, and subscribe um who knows maybe in a couple of months when uh, the first few players are out of the door and the, the, the next ones are through the door when the head coach is announced during the summer we'll get together we'll have a bit of a virtual barbecue and uh, we'll uh, we'll yeah. check in with each other absolutely and 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 just on that subject and and we talked before you you were recording it's diff it can be difficult for yourself myself you know we we have these podcasts and and blogs etc and sometimes you think, oh, am I being too negative or I, I'm putting, it's all negative that I'm putting out. But we will call it out when it needs calling out, but we will also praise when it needs praising. And and when it was working last season, we would say why it's working, etc. Um, But it's been a real tough one this season. And we just hope that we can next season be talking about more positive things on and off the pitch. Yeah, and I just want to add, you know, we're going, the Rat Report's going into its eighth year. We did a show that was negative about Lee Johnson and everything when we lost at Altrigham on a Saturday afternoon in the oh, FA Cup, yeah, and I was absolutely wet through. But we've also had really positive shows when we went to Wembley and we won, or, you know, when we got to the playoffs this time last season. So I think... Yeah, the aim for the Red Report always been to be and you know a, a platform for people to discuss, and we might not agree, and that's fine. I don't sometimes agree with my wife. We've been married nearly thirty yeah. years. That doesn't mean we have to fall out. It just means we have difference of opinions. No. But I think it it should sort of um, reflect different people's opinions. And and after the season we've had, yeah. you, you know, for us to maybe talk about. Um, you know, the wonderful food in the East and I think will be detrimental to the fans that ultimately listen to the podcast. And and all we want to be is a voice. We'll never be a voice for them all because everybody will feel different. 
And I like, rather than saying, well, it's going shit in it. I'd rather look into, well, why is it going and what should what should the club try to do to try and avoid this? So, yeah, so whether you listen to Red All Over, whether you read the tags, look, whether, you, whether you listen to us on the Reds report, these are all just people giving up their own spare time to, to put something out there for Barnsley fans. So if you absolutely. don't agree, then that's absolutely fine. But let's not yeah. personally abuse and attack people because their opinion doesn't reflect with yours. Because ultimately, and we've seen it, haven't we? I've sat in the Pontiac with 12,000 others and I'm going, just hold on to the ball, just hold on to the ball. And the bloke next to me is going, who fits? <laughs> you know what I mean? We all have yeah. different ideas. <laughs> Ian, thank you again very, very much. Welcome. I hope to catch very up with you again soon. And uh, yeah, this yes. has been the last Reds report of the season. We'll be back next season when we'll be hopefully the longest running League One podcast. <laughs> I like to get more. That extra scoop of ice cream, that extra 20% off, and of course, saving at the pump. And now that I'm in the market for a new car, I'm looking at a Honda, specifically the HRV crossover. It's already part of Honda's fuel-efficient lineup. Plus, I get more of those extras I love at a price I'm happy to pay, like wireless Apple CarPlay and available all-wheel drive. No more cords, and I'm ready for adventure. Find your perfect Honda and get more. See your local Honda dealer today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network. The ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts. Want barnstorming Barnsley insight analysis and opinion? Follow the Reds Report podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. Unbeatable club-dedicated content created by the fans for the fans. Search TalkSport Fan Network.